Thank you so much. It is such an honor to be here. Kyle, don't ever apologize for offerings that have a, a list like that. Amen. So you'd be crazy not to give because you'll never outgive God. And when you give on good soil, he multiplies it. We give to things every day. We just don't count it as offering like shopping and movies and downloads. But this is what we should give toward. Amen. So I'm so happy to be with you tonight. I do honor the vision of Far Flung. And I have always, since I was a young girl, had a heart that burned for the nations. And so I think the way I look at this, this is like a unique tribal meeting. It's a really unique group of people. Not everyone wakes up every day burning for the nations. But I'm guessing if you're here, it's because you do. And once that call gets a hold of your heart, it is just not easily shaken. And so I just, I'm going to make this painless tonight, but I'm so excited to be here. Kyle is right. I wasn't going to cry, but oh, this mama, I have got a little baby over there. This is Genesis. For those who haven't seen her, Deanna, we have renamed Deanna, Deanna. She has her right now. We did get to preach in Florida for Pastor Jim Rayleigh last night. We had the I mean, the flight from the pit of hell on Saturday, Friday, we had a suicidal terrorist bomber bird that flew into the engine of the plane. I had no idea that was a big deal. And so I would say we rolled up to our hotel about 3 a.m. after they dissected the bird from the engine, <laughs> preached, came back, and we landed in Knoxville at 4.30 and made it here before worship was done because God is good, and I wouldn't want to be any other place. So if you'll stand with me for the reading of the word, um, I just want to kind of address where I feel in the spirit we are in reaching the nations right now. It's been some crazy, crazy couple years uh, in our nation, but how many know the Great Commission stands strong and it hasn't changed? Our methods may change, but the call does not. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. So if you'll stand with me, I'm going to read two passages of scripture and I'm going to jump right in and pray for everybody in this room and close out this conference tonight. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 12 and put your finger on verse, actually, you know what? Yeah, verse 49. I'm going to read a little bit of word tonight. Can you handle that? And Matthew chapter 24. I'm going to start with Matthew chapter 24. That's why I gave it to you second. And I'm actually going to read just a little bit. I'm going to start with verse 3 and go all the way to 14. That might be more scripture than some of you have had in a month. We're going to start right now. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, with a plural S. We're just dealing with one right now, people. There are pestilences on our doorstep and earthquakes in various places and all these are only the beginning of sorrows now it gets personal notice Je jesus shifts from painting a picture of environment to now painting a picture of personal assignment then they will deliver you up to tribulation and they will kill you 
and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended. They will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And the gospel of this kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. So let me just go back to their question. Jesus, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And for like 13 verses, he tells them a bunch of things that will happen. And then he answers their question. And he says, you want to know when the end will come? When the gospel of the kingdom is preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. So some of us, we look at the pestilence. We look at the wars. We look at the turmoil. And we rightly so, we say, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. But there's this one verse that I think is really important to this conference. Because it shows us that he will not come just because of the pestilence and the wars and the division and the persecution, not even when we begin to have to give our lives for the gospel in this nation. You think that's coming, Pastor Devin? Absolutely. Even when that happens, it does not say he will come. Jesus said the end will come when the gospel reaches the nations. And that's what this conference is about. So I would say we are at an end times prophetic conference. Not because I don't have boards with blood moons behind me, but because this is a gathering about getting the gospel to the nations. And if I read my Bible right, that is the solution to hasten his coming. Amen. So look at your neighbor and say, you have a part to play. Now I want you to turn to Luke chapter 12, verse 49, one verse I came to send fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled or already burning. Those are the red letters of Jesus. Why did Jesus come? He says it plainly here. I came to set the world on fire, one translation says, and how I wish it were already burning. Would you just stretch your hands toward me, and I'm going to stretch mine towards you, and we're going to pray the Lord speaks to us in the next few moments and imparts his glory in this place at the end of Emanate. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you for the table that has been set in worship, the atmosphere that's here. Father, I thank you that there is a passion for the nation's in this room. This is a tribe of people committed to the Great Commission. And Father, we sense the urgency of the times. I pray tonight, Father, you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit, that you would uh, speak direction and clarity to us. But Lord, I pray there would be an impartation tonight in this room that would strengthen this tribe to finish what they started and to finish strong and to finish on fire. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we're in a really unique season in the church right now. Um, I won't paint a, a whole perspective of where I believe we might be on a calendar of end time prophecy because everybody has a different opinion. But I know right now we're in a season that we should be reflecting and focusing on the return of Jesus. Um, I won't 
bore you with details, but we're in the fall feast of the Jewish people. And I'm not talking about dates and calendar times set by Judaism, modern day Judaism. I'm talking about God's feasts that were set in place by scripture. And so we've been talking about this at our own church. There are four spring feasts that Jesus fulfilled every one of them to the exact alignment of the exact day that God instituted those feasts to be fulfilled. And then we have three fall feasts and those three fall feasts have yet to be fulfilled. So why is that important, Pastor Devin? Because we should be watching. Jesus will fulfill all seven. And four, we can read historically about how he fulfilled from the, from the day of Pentecost back to the cross to the day of his resurrection on first fruits. He fulfilled all of them. But there are three that we may get to see fulfilled in our lifetime. And if we actually had an accurate calendar, which we don't, unfortunately. Some people say we're two years off. Some people say we're eight years off. We could be a couple days off, leap year through the United States into chaos when it comes to the calendar. I don't know if the days that we celebrate are completely aligned, but the Jewish people look to the moon to establish this calendar, and that's probably the safest thing you can look at um, other than uh, our natural calendar is looking at the signs in the heavens that God gave us in the sun, moon, and stars. And that's what marks these feasts. So what I'm saying might sound crazy, but you all are used to me by now. And I absolutely believe that Jesus will fulfill those three feasts on the exact day that they have been instituted, just like he did the first four. So what are you saying, Pastor Deb? And I'm absolutely saying the return of Jesus Christ, marriage, supper of the lamb, all those things yet to be fulfilled will actually happen in the fall, probably in September. On some year, I don't know what year. <laughs> I don't know what year, it depends how fast you go to the nations, right? But I believe the Feast of Trumpets, which we just celebrated on Wednesday, the Bible says when the last trump shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then those of us who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet him in the air. Speaking of the rapture of the church and referring to the Feast of Trumpets, Pastor Devin, when do you think the rapture will take place? On the Feast of Trumpets, some year. So every September, the Wallace House, we reflect on the return of Jesus. And right now, we're in the middle of the 10 days of all leading up to Yom Kippur, which is next Thursday, and that's the Day of Atonement. And those 10 days of all are really important because all of Israel is reflecting and repenting right now. And if we were smart, we would tune into the calendar of heaven and we would join because the day of atonement is about repentance for an entire nation where the Jewish people, when they committed a sin and they would go to the priest throughout the year and the priest would tell them what their offering was for that sin, that was for personal sin. But the day of atonement was for national sin. It was one day to atone for the sins of the nation. So for 10 days, the Jewish people would reflect on their own heart and listen to this, their contribution to the national sin. We in America really need to own what's happening in our nation. And it would probably be smart for the church to take the last few days of the 10 days of all and reflect on our own personal contribution to the chaos in our nation. And we need to join in praying for the healing of our nation. So we're in this season, and you're like, Pastor Devin, this is a missions conference. Why are you talking about Jewish feasts? Because right now we should be talking about the return of Jesus. And if there's ever a time you should be waking up and going to bed looking for his return, these feasts God instituted to pull us out of our regular mundane schedule, jerk us out of apathy, and remind us of his word and the seasons he has 
has appointed. And in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus, the disciples are doing like all of us do. When, God, when? When is this going to happen? What should we look for? What are the signs? And Jesus is painting a picture of what it's going to look like. And right now in 2021, more than any other Emanate conference I've ever spoken at, it looks more like Matthew 24 than it ever has. More like Matthew 24 than it ever has. And something really important in this passage, outside of the fact that we've got to go to the nations, is he says, those who endure to the end shall be saved. I preached about endurance last night when I was in Florida because, man, this whole trip, I could tell the story of this trip at 2 a.m. when I'm tired and my girls are sleepy and I'm trying to find the spiritual significance in all of it and really I just want to scream and say words that I'll have to repent of. The Lord spoke to me and he said, Devin, you teach your girls endurance. And I had to have a little pep talk like, girls, we are on a sign that we can do this. If you were at the Superfly lock-in with firebrands, you'd be up. We are up for Jesus right now. We can press on. Because the mama in me wanted to make them comfortable, right? But the assignment demanded endurance. And the church in America has kind of lost its muscles of endurance. If it's not quick, and if it's not easy, and it's not convenient, then it's not worth it to us. And we don't want to pay a cost for anything. And I'm here to tell you it's why when you read Matthew 25, which I'm not preaching tonight about the ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. Cal, that's scary. That's a 50-50 split. There weren't eight that were ready and two that were not, or seven that were ready and three that were not. There were five ready and five not. And if I spread that percentage over that room, there means this room, that means there's 50% of us that aren't even ready for him to come. That's some scary percentages. And it's because of that word endurance. They all started with their fire lit, but only half of them could endure till the season of his return. And so when we get to altar, I'm going to be praying for an impartation of endurance to those who are taking the gospel to the nations. Because we're about to enter a season in the kingdom where convenience is going out the door. Ease is going out the door. What, what looks like cool and fun and, oh, sure, I want to go, it's going out the door. And it's about to cost something to follow Jesus. It's about to cost you something. And people get uncomfortable when I preach this, but I'm called to preach the truth, not to make it comfortable. We're about to enter a season where costing Jesus will lose its convenience, and we're going to see about a 50-50 split of who's really a disciple of him. And so I just want to pray endurance over you tonight, that you will push past this outer casing called the flesh that is absolutely not internal. In fact, it's a prison to your spirit. The word says your flesh is your enemy. It is an enemy to the things of God. And every day we wake up and we bow to the God called flesh. Flesh, how do you feel? Flesh, what do you want? Emotions, how are you today? We bow to the God called flesh. And if you want to know how strong the God called flesh is in your life, just attempt a fast and see what manifests. And if we're going to truly usher in the return of Jesus and take the gospel to the nations, we're going to have to push aside this outer casing called the flesh and learn to walk by the Spirit. 
Learn to get up every day and say, flesh, you are simply an instrument that encases the real me on the inside. And you are not calling the shots today, but the spirit man inside of Devin is calling sh the shots. I gave myself to Jesus. Flesh, you were put on the cross with him many, many years ago when Devin was saved and the spirit called the spirit of Jesus Christ came alive in me. And that is who decides my daily schedule. So somebody shout endurance. So right now, I'm just here to tell you, plain and simple, Jesus is coming soon. And missions has a role to play in his return. That is why the spirit of Antichrist is working in the earth to shut down missions. Let me just peel back a layer of revelation. Maybe you have been too afraid or too enamored by what's happening with COVID to see. But COVID is shutting down the nations. I know on a, a practical level, it is affecting our lives personally. But if you can just for a moment push aside the personal effects of COVID and look on a global level what is happening, I'm here to tell you wherever the virus came from and wherever it goes when Jesus gets through with it, it was birthed by the spirit of Antichrist. Oh, Pastor Devin, are you saying all oh, this is going to lead to the mark of the beast? I do not think we're there yet. I do think this is a dress rehearsal for it. I do think if you want to know if you're ready for that, then just evaluate how you've behaved for the past two years. Evaluate how much you gave into fear and how much you actually believe the word of God. Evaluate what choices you would make if it was. Because God doesn't want us to be caught by surprise. He will always send circumstances and situations like a practice run to get us ready. And I believe America has been in a practice run for about a year and a half now. Jesus is trying to awaken the bride and condition us with endurance and prepare us for what's coming. And so I'm here to tell you, this assignment called COVID, how many of you were supposed to go on a trip before it hit and it got canceled? How many wanted to go on a trip and it got canceled? And now we're finding out there are some nations we don't know if we're going to ever get to go to for a while. That is the spirit of the Antichrist because he knows what most of the church has been clueless to, that if the nations hear the gospel, then Jesus can return. And he is doing everything in his power to shut down the preaching of the gospel. The way I see it from a prophetic standpoint, we are in an open door season and we have been since the cross. Jesus said he was the door. And when I say open door season, I mean the door of mercy is wide open right now. Jesus is the door, it is open, and it means anyone who wants to be saved can be saved. And it is God's will that everyone is saved, that no one um, should, should perish, that all should come to repentance. But there is a season and, and, and you can feel like ice go over the sanctuary of a church when you preach it in America. There is a season the door closes. We see that in the story of Noah when he built the ark and for a hundred years he constructed it. For a hundred years he preached and no one heard his message. For a hundred years, over a hundred years he worked and only his family got on the boat. And the door was open when they went in. The door was open when the creatures went in. But when the rain started falling, something clicked on the calendar of God, a season of mercy ended and the door was shut. And when the rain started falling and the door was shut, all those who had heard but had not heeded were not allowed in. Pastor Devin, I wish I hadn't come tonight. You're scaring me. 
but this is the truth of the gospel. And in the parable in Matthew chapter 25 of the 10 virgins, five wise, five foolish, there came a moment the door was open for the wedding and they were all burning bright. They all started great. Get this, they were all pure. You can be pure and not ready. We want to say five of them were sinners, right? Five of them were harlots. Five of them weren't serving the Lord. Not so, Gary. They were all virgins. They were all pure, but only five were ready. And I fear that there are churches full of people who love Jesus but are ignorant and disconnected from the times we are living in and the requirements of Scripture. And they all started burning bright, but endurance got them, and only five made it through, and five were out of oil. And when the five left to try to make up for what they didn't do when they should have, by the time they got back, the door was shut. The Bible says they pounded on the door and said, let us in. And the bridegroom said, I don't even know you. I don't even know you. There is a season where the door is going to shut, and this should be the urgency that drives us to the nations. Forget the nations. This is the urgency that should drive you when you go to Chick-fil-A and Walmart. This is the urgency that should drive you to your neighborhood streets. Some of us will come to a mission conference and pay for a ticket to Japan, but we won't dare witness when we go to the grocery store. The door is going to shut, not just for nations that are in other continents, but for your neighbor, the door will shut. And just that fact alone should give us an urgency that we've got to preach the gospel. We have got to tell people about the love of God. I don't want to be on one side of the door hearing the voice and the cry of those that I could have reached, but did not pounding on the outside of the door. And I'm here to tell you we're in an open door season, but that open door season has an expiration date. And if I could just tell you what I feel in prayer as I pray, there is this conflict over the open door of mercy. And right now, Jesus has it open. And I just see the enemy, the spirit of the Antichrist, he's trying to push it closed before the time. He's pushing on that door. He wants it shut. He doesn't want anybody else to come into the kingdom. He doesn't want anybody else to know about Jesus. And the conflict we're feeling right now specifically with the COVID virus is about the devil trying to shut the door so the nations cannot hear the gospel. But I'm here to tell you the door is open wide and we have a part to play. If you want to see Jesus come, then do what he said to do. And he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We have to finish what he started. And this is what is completely unfair for this tribe, this family meeting tonight. If all of the church was obeying the Great Commission, you wouldn't have so much pressure and probably not such a long list for your offering. If all of the church was carrying their load, can you imagine if every Christian, there, however many Christians are even just in the United States of America, if every Christian decided to heed the Great Commission and realize that it is actually commanded of all of us, not just missionaries, to go into the world and preach the gospel, then the pressure on this tribe would not be so great. Cal, you probably wouldn't have so many sleepless nights. But because 
percent of the church is disconnected from spreading the gospel and all we focus on is feeding our family attending church every Sunday and going through religious ritual and we have no concern for reaching the lost then when God does find a remnant group like this tribe there is a weight that you shouldn't have to carry but you do and that's why you need endurance tonight I would dare say if we tried to figure out the numbers, and I'm a numbers person, I'm sorry I didn't do it tonight, one of you are probably carrying the load of a hundred that should have, could have, but are not. And so I need you to know that the good news is God gives grace for anything he requires. And there is a grace for endurance for this group tonight. But I'm here to tell you, as the earth begins to groan for the revelation of the sons and daughters of God. And as the times draw near, the pull for missions will not dissipate. It will not dwindle. I don't care what nations are closed. I don't care what airplanes are grounded. I don't care what happens to travel. The call to the nations is not going to diminish. It should only be growing in your heart. If you're truly called to the nations, you should be feeling a swelling in your heart right now. There's a demand being placed on the church to preach the gospel because the will of the Lord and the kingdom of God will be fulfilled. We just get to choose if it will be in our lifetime or not. And so we have a part to play. Are you with me tonight? And we have to finish what he started and ask for his endurance to do it. So what did Jesus start? Jesus wanted to set the world on fire. Jesus did a lot of marvelous things when he was on the earth. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He was compassionate to the poor and the broken. He did a lot of wonderful things. But in Luke chapter 12, verse 49, his heart cry comes out. And he says, I came here to set the world on fire. And I wish it was already burning. And this should be the call of our heart for missions. Now, don't fall out with me with what I'm about to say. It is powerful when we go on mission trips and people are healed. But you do know those same bodies won't even make it to heaven if they don't get saved. Those same bodies that are healed one year, 10 years from now, every man is appointed an appointment with death. I'm not minimizing healing. I'm saying that's not the focus. That's a byproduct. It is wonderful when you feed the needy. And you help the poor. But Jesus said this, the poor you have with you always. We gasp when we read that. We're like, oh my God, Jesus didn't care about the poor? Of course he did. But what he was trying to say, as long as this earth is under the curse of sin, poverty will be with you. What needs to happen is the kingdom needs to come. And when I establish my kingdom on this earth, poverty will cease. So it's great to go on missions to feed the needy. But do you know even the world does that? Even someone who is godless and doesn't know Jesus will have compassion to feed the poor. Those are byproducts and they are open doors for the gospel. But if you are called to the nations tonight, there should be something burning in you to set the world on fire. There should be something burning in you to make sure people not only know Jesus, but they know the power of his kingdom. And yes, that they receive the Holy Ghost. I'm going to make you uncomfortable tonight. I didn't came to release a new theology. I just came to read some scripture. And I actually believe 
that if you feel called to the nations, you should actively pursue the gift of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Devin, are you saying I can't be an effective ministry, an effective missionary without the Holy Spirit? I am saying you will not be as effective as you could. Oh, you better give me Bible for this, Pastor Devin. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Jesus in the Great Commission, he's getting ready to ascend into heaven. At the end of every gospel except John, you'll find some reference to the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, make disciples of every nation. But we don't really know what happens after that unless you read Acts chapter 1. Jesus has told them to go preach the gospel, but then he says something really important. He says, don't do it yet. Go into all the world, but first... Go to an upper room and wait on something you need. Jesus says, go make disciples of all nations. Go preach the gospel to every creature, but wait on something I'm sending to you. And he sends them to an upper room. And like over 500 went, over 120 stayed. It's such a message of endurance. And Jesus has said in Luke chapter 12, I came to set the world on fire. Oh, that I wish it were already burning. And he fulfills that on the day of Pentecost. He sets the world on fire by setting 120 on fire. How do you know that's what that was about, Pastor Devin? Because read your word. They had just received the Great Commission. They go to a room and they wait on something. Jesus says, just wait on it. You're going to know it. You're going to receive power. And then you can go do what I told you. They're up in this upper room and a sound comes. You all know this story. A sound comes in Acts chapter 2. And then cloven tongues of fire come from heaven. And guess what happens? It divides. The Jewish people were very familiar with fire from heaven. It supposedly happened in the Holy of Holies when they would have a sacrifice. But it was always one single flame on one single altar. This was the very first time you will find divided fire that is from heaven for God's people in Scripture. Because number one, he was saying, all of you are my altar and my temple. But let me just go a little deeper. Those flames divided, they set on every person. And when that person received the fire, the first thing they do is went. Jesus said, go, right? And when the fire hit them, they went. They had been in this room for however many days, and now all of a sudden, they cannot be contained within the room. They run out of the room. Some of you are still stuck in a room in the spirit. <laughs> but when the fire hits you, you will leave the room. And what's in you will push you out of your comfort zone into the Great Commission. So the fire made them go. And guess what they did? Each one of them spoke in another language. And it says it represented every nation on the earth. Oh, I know we're Pentecostal and we want to speak in tongues on Sunday and it's my prayer language. It unlocks the mysteries of heaven. I wish I could teach on the Holy Ghost tonight. There are so many purposes behind it, but this one is not preached enough. Jesus sent the Holy Ghost so we would preach the gospel to the nations. It was him setting the world on fire. What he did is he set one room on fire, pushed them out of the room, and from Jerusalem they went to Antioch and they went to all the nations of the earth and they set the world on fire. In fact, it says they turned the world upside down. 
The Holy Ghost is your access to taking the gospel to the nations. Jesus told them, don't go without it. But when you receive it, you better get out of here and don't come back. And they learned a very powerful lesson because they tried to huddle up in Jerusalem. And you do know what came on the tail end of the Holy Spirit, the fires of persecution. And the fires of persecution drove them out like they were commanded to go in the first place and drove them to preach the gospel. Lord, I pray in our nation we don't have to see the fires of persecution before we get up and go. I pray in our comfortable American churches, on our comfortable seats, we don't have to taste the fires of persecution before we take the gift of the Holy Spirit and get out of the building and do something with it. But the fire of the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost was about the nations. And Jesus set those individuals on fire so that they would go and set the world on fire, every nation. And that is how the world began to burn. But there's still some places that need the fire. And so I'll end with this before I pray for you. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, feet on fire. Feet on fire. This is just what kept stirring in my spirit for emanate. Feet on fire. And as I began to pray into it, I just realized God's feet are on fire. Daniel chapter 7 and 9 says this, As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair on his head was white like wool, and his throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were ablaze with fire. How does God move? How does his throne of dominion move? On fire. Fire causes us to move. Fire causes us to go. Even later in Revelations 1 and 15, when John saw Jesus, he said his feet looked like bronze that had been taken directly out of the furnace. Feet on fire. And I'm here to tell you the Lord wants to breathe fresh the Great Commission in this place tonight, but he wants to couple it with fresh fire for this end time move of the gospel because the Lord is coming quickly. We don't have to tarry in an upper room day upon day because the Holy Spirit has already been poured out and he's sitting on go right now just waiting for all those who are ready to receive it. But I specifically want to pray for your feet tonight. <laughs> Just last week, we had Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year, and it was three days and ended on Yom Teruah, which is the Feast of Trumpets. And on the very first day of the Jewish New Year, I was up early in the morning feeding Genesis, and Genesis on this day discovered her feet. It was so cute. She's not paid attention. I think she has so many roles. She might couldn't have seen them or reached them. She's thinning out a bit, and she found her feet. And she was pulling her feet, trying to chew on her feet. She was so mesmerized. And I was like, oh, this is so cute. Here I am waking up. This is so cute. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Devin, I am focusing on the feet of my people this year. And I had never studied feet other than foot washing in Scripture. And I went through Scripture. And so those of you that came to prayer those three days, we had feet anointing. 
Because your feet will determine the pathway of your life. And we prayed Psalms 91, prayer of protection over our feet. He will give his angels charge over you so your foot will not dash itself against a stone. Protection. We prayed purity about John 13 where Jesus washed their feet and we washed off the residue of a former season and we prepared our feet for new paths. We prayed Psalms about him making your feet like hinds feet. And we prayed endurance. It says, God, give me hinds feet so that I can climb upon the heights. And we prayed, God, take us higher in the spirit and give us the endurance of a deer. Make our feet like hinds feet. We begin to pray all these blessings. Give us territory everywhere the sole of our foot touches. God, we, we claim that for you. But the Lord did not speak to me about this till I was praying about Emanate. And he said, I want you to pray fire on their feet. That they cannot remain in the same place this year that they have been before. And that their feet will go to new places they have never been before. And that it will be the fire of the Holy Ghost that leads them. Just as God's throne has wheels of fire, I declare the bride of Jesus Christ is about to move by the fire of God this year. And that's what I wanna pray for you. Stand all over this room. Y'all think I'm kidding. Y'all don't know me well enough. We're about to have feet anointing. We gotta go. We've gotta reach the nations. There needs to be an urgency in our spirit. But this is where I'm gonna start. You can't tell someone else to get ready for something you're not ready for. We cannot be messengers of the return of Christ if we ourselves are not ready to meet him. I did not ask you if you attend church. I did not ask you if you receive Jesus sometime in your life. I did not ask you what good works you do. I'm directly asking this small group of nation shakers, if the trumpet sounded tonight, would you be ready? Would you be ready to meet him? And there's no shame if there's uncertainty in your answer because you line up with about 50% of the church right now. There's no shame, but there's no time to waste. And you shouldn't live one more day wondering if your heart is ready for him. Don't be deceived by the glamor and the lights of ministry and what it accomplishes. God looks upon the heart. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna give us like 20 seconds to do something we don't do enough in the church. And on these 10 days of all, why don't you just examine your heart for just a second? Jesus, I pray this. Jesus, thank you that you allow me to preach the gospel. Thank you that you allow me to lead a church. Devin Wallace prayed this yesterday. I say, Father, thank you for revelation and prophetic words. But Father, do not let me prepare a bride to see you and myself not be ready. Do not let me preach words I don't live and prophesy things I don't have access to. And Father, don't let me be an alarm for your return and live with complacency in my heart. Just because I preach a good message, I don't go home and assume my heart is where it needs to be. Because gifts are not a reflection of your heart. 
And I'm going to tell you on these 10 days, I've spent every day saying, Father, don't let me miss it. Don't let me be deceived. Don't let me grow cold. Don't let me wink at my own sin. Don't let me become comfortable with excuses. Don't let me miss moments. Don't let me walk in disobedience. Don't let me bow to the, the, my knee to my flesh. Father, I don't care if I reach the whole world. Don't let me lose my own soul. And I want you to pray the same prayer right now in your own words. Say, Father, I want to go and I want to make people ready, but I want to be ready. So Holy Spirit, now as they just commune with you, if there's anything in our heart we need to get right, anything we need to let go of, repent of, uh, just an attitude adjustment, a, a, a mind, a, a thought process we need to adjust, shaking off complacency and apathy, whatever it is, Father, this group needs to be ready so they can make others ready. And Father, just because we started with the flame doesn't mean that in the past year and a half, the enemy hasn't worn our fuel out. And for those that are weary tonight and have been on the verge of giving up, I pray tonight you'll relight us and make us ready. So Holy Spirit, just reveal to hearts right now in this moment as we seek your face. like the Lord is allowing us to confront truth in our own hearts tonight. Truth is unhiddenness. You can hide from people, but you'll never hide from the one who is spirit and truth. He is truth. It's okay. Let him pull you out of hiding tonight. All he's going to do is deal with what the enemy has served you to distract you, pull you aside, the Lord is not here to judge you. He's here to judge the enemy that's after you. He's here to set you free. He's here to give you peace and joy. Some of you just need set free from the snare of fear tonight. But we got to be ready. So if you are in this house and you would say, Pastor Devin, I don't know that I'm ready. And I want to be sure. Or I know I'm not ready. And I want to be sure. With every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just lift your hand right now? Anybody in this room, just lift it. It's okay. And if that hand's lifted right now, we're just going to kick fear right in the face. Why don't you just run on up to this altar? Walk on up, run on up. Come on up. Hands lifted. There's no shame in this place. Listen, there are probably more. They just didn't have the courage to raise their hands. If that's you, would you just come up and lift those hands as a sign of surrender? Because getting ready doesn't take anything but surrender. <laughs> And then, Kyle, I don't know if you have people you've um, designated as altar workers. I don't care who. I want some people to come up and get behind them and just pray right now for the Holy Spirit to do a work. I just saw in the Spirit that the Holy Ghost is taking out some scissors and cutting some things that have weighed you down and held you back. Right now, he's just freeing somebody from some weight that's kept you from being ready. I need a couple more altar workers if, they, if some people can come up right now. I don't care. If you love Jesus and you're ready, come help me pray. 
Those of you that are at your seat, if you don't need to be up here, why don't you just thank God you are ready and pray. He'll keep you ready. And help me pray for these right now. God's doing a work of cleansing and freedom and renewal. He's filling some oil lamps with oil right now. Do it, Father, right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, just sing for us for just a moment while we pray and we'll move on. Show us what's real. 